What's going on, guys? Uh, welcome to, I guess, I wouldn't say the first episode, because I've done a few of these, uh, mostly through Zoom call, because our lovely COVID of 2020. Uh, but now we're doing like live kind of guest kind of podcast. Um, so just talking about stuff, fitness related stuff, combat related stuff, stuff that, uh, sciencey stuff. Hopefully we kind of build a, a bunch of different topics. Um, as usual, if you guys can, if you've, uh, it's your first time kind of tuning into the show, you know, subscribe, share this with somebody. So that way we can kind of, the algorithm will kind of favor us so that we can produce better and better episodes. Uh, today we have... Mr. Brian Betancourt. Am I saying your last name right? Yeah. 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 yeah he's, who's a master's in science. What, what's the master's actually in? It's uh, exercise physiology, sports science. Okay. And what does that mean? Should I translate that for then, the, the person who doesn't for, know anything about person, because I get that question a lot. Like, what the hell is an exercise physiology? It's the layman's way is like, I'm just a really, really fancy personal trainer. Right, like I fancy personal trainer. Fancy personal trainer, because the only difference is, is like we know like medication interactions. We know how to stress test, how to do you know like a ramp protocol with like a blood pressure cuff. It was really mainly intended for like research and for like medically supervised exercise. You know, people with like diabetes and and then on the on the far spectrum like performance. And mainly you saw EPs with like cyclists and shit like that. But really any sport will work. You know. Okay, so you're, what you're saying is it like it's you guys are just more on, like you said the medical. So if someone's recovering from something, it's like you're you're still doing fitness, you're still doing the training, but it's you're a little bit more self aware of like if they're taking medications or if they just had some type of heart or whatever. Yeah, you're like on the two, you're on the two spectrums. I don't okay. wanna like really bucket it to medical, but like on the medical side, like for my personal experience, for okay. this, right? I worked at, at Baptist Health, right? As like an EP there. Okay. And I worked in like a lifestyle modification program. So I'm working with people with type two diabetes, coronary artery disease, but they're not able to go work at like a commercial gym. You know, like you can't take these people to like an early fitness because they might have a heart attack at any point. So it's like, Got you know, it. you're, you're okay. monitoring them and yeah, yeah. a program that's challenging enough for them to hopefully make gains, but, yeah. but also like not stress them out too much. But then you also see EPs on the other side because they're the ones who, who manage the metabolic carts. They read the data for, for like cyclists that are yeah. to like the that's the stuff. That, that's the stuff. Says me as a trainer, I find that thing that shit fascinating yeah. as hell. It's 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 like in the beginning when you see it, you're like, oh man, this is super dope, and then like the hardest thing is like making it practical, right? Because it's very yeah. difficult to find that equipment outside of a lab. You know, now they they've done a lot better about bringing like you have like Zephyr bands, you have mobile metabolic carts and stuff like that. But you know, in the in in the past, that was always like a weird thing. It's like, oh, well, in the lab it works like that. But, bringing it out into the field and doing it in practices yeah i remember when they were when they first started pushing the like the vo2 max testing for a little bit yeah. and i was like i remember uh my buddy of mine that uh, owned the personal training certification long um, in la he was telling me that uh that there was a uh like an actual truck it turned into a business the guy the, the the truck would go from la fitness to la fitness and they had like a like a monthly, y'all get your VO2 max, and they would just go from LA Fitness to LA Fitness to kind and of just, yeah, and yeah. just test everybody. There. I think it was yeah. like twenty five or fifty bucks or something, something, yeah. something mundane, and it was just a volume game. You know, the average LA Fitness yeah. had like twenty thousand members, so you figure, you know, you catch like ten or twenty of them, and then it was they like turned into a business. Yeah. But in my mind, I was like VO2, like they had the the water tank, the whole like the body fat. They started doing like body yeah, fat water double, tank, yeah, 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 yeah the, you know, the, the hydrostatic wing. There you go. I couldn't think of the yeah, 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 yeah. which which is like that's 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 like super science that's when you're like that's when you need to know like to the t exactly where where you're at body fat wise and stuff like that yeah um so how long you've actually been doing that you said you were you, you've been doing it we were talking earlier you said like so years? i've been doing like strength conditioning like 11 12 years okay like like on the strength and conditioning side i've always kind of been involved i was lucky enough to like kind of be mentored under like jesus gallo like ed downs felix flores like these kind of like strength and conditioning coaches like more like in the basketball, baseball, combat sports kind of realm. Okay. And I, I kind of snuck my way in there just asking if I could be an intern, you know, when I knew nothing. And okay. I worked for free for a little bit and they hired me and I've been awesome. there ever since. You know? That's awesome. Explain to me, you, you named off a couple of names, but I don't know the names. So, so, so Ed Downs is a guy who used to train like Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, you know. Okay. Right now he's working with, with different college athletes, he okay. consults and stuff. Does like military contract work. Jesus guy was George Masvidal's old strength coach. Uh, he does Elio Tupuria. He does a bunch of baseball players. He does okay. Like pro athletes. 
And then Felix Flores is the owner of the Miami Perimeter. He's like part owner of the Miami Perimeter, and he works with a lot of like professional athletes and stuff. Right, because like that. that's where you're. That's where you're working full time. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a director of sports performance there. Yeah. Okay, Miami Perimeter, and then tell everybody. Well, I don't know what that is. Well, because it's down, because it's far from me. Because I'm on yeah. the beach, and you're all the way down south. Yeah. So the Miami Perimeter is like a, a a facility, a sports performance facility that's really dedicated to working with youth and professional athletes, mainly in the realm of like basketball and volleyball. Oh, cool. And uh, it's like a half a million dollar facility. It's like really. Really fucking nice. And it's and it's and it's specifically for like the the sports side, not just yeah yeah. Like we're really focused on more like skill development. Like we're really trying to like it's not just like strength conditioning. There's like a whole skill side to it. There's a treatment room. Right. It's like a really in house trying to really create a strength conditioning program that is how a strength conditioning program should be done. You know. So we'll see how that goes. So actually, I'm I'm kind of interested in that. I've I've noticed now like um uh, I'm I'm working around. Uh, a few different trainers now that are like ex kind of like what you do like one was one was a strength and conditioning coach for ohio state football stuff like that when you say skilled training what do you mean by skilled training compared because you're you're saying athletic training but like it's like it's like a combination of like you're working out but it's also like it's specific for whatever sport you're doing so kind of explain that because i'm I'm not 100 different things not talking about the actual skill so we do have a side that's the actual skill like dribbling the ball shooting the ball so that kind of acquisition the acquisition of the skill to perform the sport okay but on the other side uh and you've worked with athletes before too Mm -hmm. right you can get like a d1 athlete you can get a professional athlete and you'd be surprised that sometimes when they walk in the door to train they can't fucking squat right like you see them squatting you're like oh man that's really shitty you know whether it's like an ankle mobility issue or hip issue or just like this this motor learning like they just don't fucking squat because they didn't really work out they just played basketball and they got really good at basketball right? right 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 so it's like from a foundational level too, right? Like understanding, oh, okay, like why load you with a barbell if you can't even squat in the beginning? Let's build the skill of squatting. Let's build the skill of whatever movement, a hip hinge, a hang, a climbing skill, whatever it is. Yeah, so understanding the mechanics of the movement. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. Like teaching and educating somebody and then working on on like building all that stuff. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that too. Like a lot of people that are like high, it, anybody that does any repetitive motion, any sport, whether it's basketball, tennis, whatever it is, I feel like the better they get at the sport, the worse they, they get, get as a human. <laughs> the worse they get in the gym, right? They're they're, yeah, like they're, in other words, in other words, like a, a good example is like I was telling you earlier that, that uh, I know Mario Sperry. Bro, the guy, the guy grabs you, he will crush your neck, but he can't lift his arm over his head. It's 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 like he it's it's limited to that that sport and I tried you know tried helping him he, you know he's he's an older cat so he, he's he's sometimes a little bit like stubborn because he ha- in his mind he thinks more is better you know so it's very difficult to kind of like with the older generation well I'm saying older generation is kind of my generation to be honest with you um, they're kind of stuck in the ways it's like oh well I don't do that like I don't I don't I don't stretch and la, 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 la. so it's like one of those things it's like what like you, you got to learn how to move better like the repetitive motion of or just do less. Or do less, or do which yeah, but athletes, athletes that'll never happen. Yeah, they don't. They don't believe in. This. So, yeah. so the funny thing with that, and what you start to kind of realize is, there's this weird misconception that more is better, right? And and if you look at it from just like a like a philosophical standpoint, stress plus stress equals more stress. More stress, right? So where's like the logic behind that? And in combat sports specifically, you see that, right? Like they fight, they're training like six hours a day, fighting like fucking animals, and then they're like. Oh, I'm beat up. I'm banged up, but now I gotta go lift weights. And it's like they 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 believe that oh, now I have to do this strength conditioning component to be a better grappler. And they they don't have anything to do with the other, right? Yeah, like, one has another. No, you're other. gonna get better at grappling by grappling. You're gonna get better at basketball by playing basketball. You're gonna right. get better at all these things by doing that sport. So the strength conditioning side is not necessarily meant to be a job or to build mental toughness. No, no, no. you do that shit in your sport or whatever activity you do. What the strength conditioning side is meant to do, at least in my mind, is to aid you in recovery, aid you in understanding of your body, what's kind of fucking banged up, what's not, and how can we work to build something that's a little bit more resilient through recovery? Because right. that's the most important performance metric you can think of. If you feel like shit and you're going to go compete, you're going to compete like shit. If you feel fucking fresh and you go out there, you're going to- Yeah, you're going to murder people. Yeah, yeah, you're going yeah, to murder people. That's like my philosophy when I, especially if I work with a combat athlete, like- you know, I, I really take into mind that you know, you're training like fucking six hours a day. Why are we out here doing fucking good mornings, posterior chain work, and fucking springing up fucking stadium stairs? It's just volume on top of volume. When are they gonna fucking recover? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't, know, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, and I've seen. Uh, I, I saw when uh, for, for for Faraz the G, GSP's old. Veer Zahabi. Yeah, Veer Zahabi. 
I remember a few years back, Joe Rogan had him on his podcast and he was talking about like the principle of not being sore. And in my mind, I came from, you know, I'm old enough to where like back when the gym business was just a bunch of meatheads. Um, I was one of those meatheads, you know, so I had that bodybuilding kind of mentality. Now that I've gotten older, I've, I've like actually done like an actual sport. I've kind of like personally seen injuries outside of me learning more in my own field and stuff like that, working with talking to people like you and stuff like that. I've noticed that like you, you want to try to do something every day, but it's, it's like you said, it's like a skill related uh, movement. So are we going to work on agility today? So it's like, okay, we're taxing your nervous system. All right, cool. Now we're going to do uh, five box jumps. We'll just keep throwing something out of the air. Now we're working explosiveness. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, okay, now we're going to do heavy deadlifts. Okay, cool. The day, yeah. The day after that, we're going we're gonna to do yoga class, which is still working out, but it's yoga. It's, it's, it's somewhat recovery. So I've noticed now that it's, it's more about like a volume game with purpose not just volume for volume purposes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's like, it's a, and, the, and, the, and that's where a lot, like you said, a lot of the combat sports guys, they, they think it more is better. It's like, all right, I, I did an hour and a half of jujitsu or whatever it is. And then I'm going to go do an hour and a half of legs. You're like, what, what, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, like, this is dumb. And I mean, more people are starting, I think, to get into the avenue and realize like, oh shit, like even like MMA guys, if you see like Holloway, Holloway fought last night and he won. And apparently the guy doesn't even spar that much anymore, right? Like he doesn't spar because he knows how much of a toll that takes on his body. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But the other thing, and you just mentioned like box jumps and deadlifting and yoga and and working on like agility and taxing. I like to think of it from like just this very simple kind of metric. And it all comes from like George Bear. So George Bear, for those of you who don't know, is like the the godfather of physical education from like 200 years ago, 100 years. Okay. He wrote a series of texts called The Natural Method. And all he's saying is essentially like people just need to be able to lift shit. People need be need to be able to do like gymnastics kind of movements. They need to be able to work cooperatively against each other and everybody should know how to do it. Right? So those, those are the four principles. That's all you fucking need to do. Now we fast forward, a guy like Erwin LaCour creates MoveNet where he takes that whole system and he systemizes it. Okay. I went like Cliff Note, I, I went and I did those two certifications. But it really shifted my mindset into going uh, a full circle because you start to realize it's not about necessarily the particular like, oh, I'm box jumping, I'm doing this. No, it's about whether you can be effective or efficient in whatever movement you're trying to do. Because all of those things, speed, power, strength, hypertrophy, recovery, all of them are a subsequent result of you practicing. None of those things matter inherently, right? Or I'm focusing on agility. No, you're focused on the wrong thing. Focus on doing the task that you're working agility on as efficiently as possible and your agility is going to improve. Because my agility isn't my ability to change direction. Agility is my ability to change direction in response to an external stimulus. Right, which, right? Is, which is your movement in the ground. Exactly, yeah. right? So if, like, if you're doing jujitsu, right. agility is not how quickly I can get from position to position. Agility is how quickly I can get to position to position and recognize, oh, I'm getting a collar choke. Oh, he's taking my back. He's sinking the arm. Oh, I gotta, I gotta address this, right? Mm. And and who's better is who's faster at making decisions, right? Right. So it's it's a lot of like brain power, more not just not just muscular power. Yeah. Now, granted, if there's two of you and you both are equally as smart and you're both equally as good as making decisions, he who's stronger probably gonna fucking win, right? Because it's like yeah. fucking get your neck and then fucking. Well, and that, and that that goes down to like uh the the example if 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 you do jujitsu, it's like wrestlers. It's like they, they've been there, done that. They understand the physical, it's the toughness part. Bro, those it, guys can run through a wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they don't give a fuck. Those guys are like the toughest guys. <laughs> it's the worst thing. Like, you go to a jiu-jitsu, right? You go to jiu-jitsu. It's true. And it's like a laid-back kind of fucking thing. You hang back, you hang out. And then they fucking bring in some wrestler guy. And he just runs through and people. And he just tries to fucking run through people. And they're like, bro, I just, I'm up here for recreation. You know, like, I'm just trying to fucking show up to work tomorrow without my neck fucking busted. And this guy's fucking double-legging you and trying to dump you on your fucking head. Like we have a guy in my in my academy who's a fucking monster. You know, he's like a white belt, but he has such a strong wrestling base that it's just like, oh, this guy's a nightmare to deal with. You know, wow. you yeah. know, and he's just just because he's so explosive and so dynamic. Now, yeah, he makes mistakes here and there because he's just not aware of the submissions yet. But the moment any wrestler starts to understand those principles, they're a nightmare to deal with, yeah. right? Because yes, they have that mental toughness point already because they don't give a fuck. They'll run through a wall eighty times if that's going to get them the end result. You know, yeah, I don't care. Uh, yeah. 100%, man. Wrestlers are thought of the bingo. Jiu-jitsu guy is going to be a little more like, ah, not worth it. 
<laughs> you're like, yeah. I'll get you tomorrow. Not a big deal, you know. And then they fucking they're, they're pretty chill. So it's just like two different like worth ethics. That's funny. When you when you're dealing with that, like you you said, you've dealt with MMA guys, right? You were telling. Yeah, me. So currently, I've worked with uh, Sydney Outlaw and and Roman Feraldo. Okay. And mainly with Roman, I just I just do his mobility work, right? Like he just comes in and we just do like 30 minutes to an hour of mobility work right before he goes in to do his striking session. Right. Um, he's really kind of takes care of his own strength conditioning and probably deals with like the lifting. Act, you know? Yeah, actually, let me let me think of that. That, that I I think of that. Um, particular situation so this is another thing that people don't understand the the they they think stretching is to stretch <laughs> like but stretching is not yeah like mobility and stretching is not really to stretch it is but then it isn't like the way I, it sounds like the way you're doing it is it's almost as if you're opening up the range of motion of the joint structure whatever whatever it is that he's working on and then you go do the striking and then that way, whatever movement that he planned on doing, he's going to get a little bit more out of it because of the fact that he worked 35, 45 yeah, minutes of mobility. The goal first. is he should feel kind of like a week, right? I mean, the way I look at mobility training is, well, mobility first is how much strength you have in a range of motion, right? Right. You can only get to a certain end range because your body understands, oh, I'm safe here. Right, 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 right. right. If it doesn't perceive you're safe, if there's no perceived safety there, it's safe. like, fuck that. Don't yeah, even get over there. Yeah, right? So it's there. just like don't the anti-dumb like button. Like, hey, let's not fucking play games. Right, okay. So... With him, it's just whatever he feels like he needs to work on. Like, yo, my ankles feel a little stiff. Let's let's just fucking get that. And a lot of it is just trying to ingrain this idea into his own brain. Like, oh, I can be here safely, comfortably, and then master that position, right? Mm -hmm. So it's being efficient in those places. So that's like really that. the idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a thought process that is difficult for a lot of people because, again, I go back to the they think more is better. Like, oh, my ankle, my ankle's stiff. Oh, we just, I just got to warm up long. I got to warm up Dude, more. The, the other thing too is like the perception or idea of this thing, right? Like if you look at like mobility movements, uh -huh. they look easy. Like if somebody looks at them, they're like, oh, that ain't shit. You know, to get down into like a deep knee bend and fucking just roll my ankle from fucking fat toe to pinky toe. They look at that shit and they're like, ah, oh, it's nothing. Until they get down and they realize, oh, fuck, I can't even put my knee over my toe without my heel coming fucking halfway off the fucking ground. Yeah, right? I have like no ankle. So there's like this stigma. I'll, I'll tell you a quick funny anecdote. And I don't mean to take a, a fuck ton of time, but I used to be a manager at, a, at, a, at, at an Equinox, right? Years okay. ago. And I had these two, two trainers. One of them was a master instructor for animal food, right? Okay. And he always kind of got the shit for being the animal flow guy, uh -huh. right? He's there on the fucking ground, crawling, fucking monkeying, fucking handstanding. Yeah, doing all that crazy movement. Transition, doing all that crazy movement, right? <laughs> and then we had another guy who was a trainer who was a big, like, CrossFit country boy. I mean, like, fucking 5'11", 220, 8% body fat. Just, gorilla. just a fucking gorilla, right? Like, uh -huh. corn-fed fucking gorilla. And him and the, the animal flag used to always like kind of like joke around and like talk shit. And, and one day he said something like, bro, this isn't fucking animal flow or some shit like that. And I remember the animal flow guy was just like, you know what, bro? Let's just see like who the fuck is actually really that strong. And he fucking grabs like a 70 pound kettlebell. And this is not a big dude, bro. He's probably like around your size. Right. And he grabs like a fucking kettlebell. I mean, obviously bigger than me. Grabs a kettlebell and he just strict presses like fucking 70 pounds like it's like nothing. Wow, and then just brings it right back down and then hands it to the CrossFit guy. And goes lift it. And when he goes to press it, it's like this fucking like, this like weird like, oh, th thoracic extension, kind of like dip a little bit, struggle to this, and then I can clean it up. And then he like puts it down and he's like, Fuck you, man. I did like arms, so I'm a little sore. So then whatever. They go to deadlift. They go to squat. They go to bench. And the animal fit guy, the animal flow guy, when you go and you look at it, like that motherfucker was probably stronger pound for pound. And then after they deadlifted and after they squatted and after they benched, he goes, all right, so now it's your turn to do something that I do. And he fucking goes into a handstand and he just fucking walks across the gym in a handstand and then just fucking comes back down. And the other guy couldn't do that shit. And when I saw that, I was like... Wow. Wow. There's something to it. Yeah. So I hired my own employee to personally train me for a little bit. And that's how I got really, really into like the movement shit. Really? And I started to realize, oh, this makes infinitely more sense than fucking like this weird dogma of, oh, you got a deadlift, you got a back squat, you got a bench, you got a press. If you see any of those fucking powerlifter guys, uh -huh. they barely fucking move. Yeah, they're, they're moving. Put them on the floor, ask them to get up off the ground. They fucking struggle. <laughs> it's it's like watching a fucking turtle on, on like a shell and backwards. And it's like, dude, you may be able to squat, bench, or deadlift 600 pounds, but it don't importa. You can't get off the fucking ground. And then that becomes even more inherently 
like, like obvious when you get into something like grappling. You get these fucking guys that come in, that do CrossFit, they back squat, they bench, they do whatever, they're fucking animals. They still get armbarred, they still get choked, and mm. generally by somebody who they outweigh by 60 pounds. It's true. And they get mangled. Right. And then they're sitting there confused as the fuck, I can lift all this weight. And that's when you just, it's, it's inherent. Like, it doesn't fucking matter how strong you are if you don't know what the fuck you're doing on the mat. Right, right, right. right, right. But the opposite is true. You can know all you know on the mat, but you may not understand how to train appropriately offside the mat because you just don't have the knowledge. Right. And and that and that's that's where I feel like um, at least the ju the grappling the jujitsu side is is behind a little bit. They haven't figured that out yet, yeah. and it's because it hasn't been an organized sport now for a while. You know, like you watch like a lot of the stuff that 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 we're talking about now. Uh, my boy Sebastian, he's like, oh yeah, we did all that stuff because he was a D two basketball player. Yeah. So all that, it's organized sports. So you get guys like you, everybody that is like understands how movement works yeah, like an organization yeah it's, it's an organized strength and condition even though it's like kind of cookie cut for the whole team to some extent yeah no usually <laughs> yeah 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 unless it's like a star player that they're kind of like Dude, a little sometimes you go into a college strength room and like everybody's lifting the same fucking weight like oh you're gonna deadlift i'm just setting up a deadlift and and obviously it depends on the coach it shouldn't be like that but oh we're all gonna deadlift the same fucking weight and it's like how one guy's six six five <laughs> Six five, you know, one eighty. Another guy is six eight. Like they don't have the same joint angles. They're lifted from the same height, and then you know, evidently somebody gets fucked. Yeah. Um. But you see that. But the thing with jujitsu, and in all honesty, it almost almost there's like a point to where it doesn't matter like how you really lift that much because I mean, look at somebody like Gordon Ryan. He doesn't look like he does any fucking movement training, and that guy destroys people. He trains like a fucking bodybuilder. He's also sauced to the gills, right? Yeah. And that's just inherent in the sport. I mean, if you look at those sort of things that yeah. just happened in December, five people got fucking busted for fucking performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a non-tested uh, organization, right? right. So like everybody's doing it. So but I, apparently Gordon Ryan, apparently, this is according to Denneher, his coach, apparently his ability to do isometric contraction is is unreal. Dude, the like, guy's a freak. Yeah, apparently apparently that's what Denneher says, that, that his, his special skill is. Is that his special skill is that he's able to hold an isometric contraction forever. 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 Doesn't get tired. And that's one of the reasons why he says that I think he thinks he does so well outside of him being, you know, an athlete and and you know, super dedicated, all that other stuff is, is very important as well. But one of his like natural gifts is that he the guy's just able to squeeze yeah, and, and he, hold the and squeeze. He, he trains probably harder than anybody and he retains information better than everybody, and that's literally why he's like the best guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember having this discussion with a black belt that I used to train with up in uh up in New York. He told me that he's like he's like, bro, the guy just studies. And then my current coach, uh they did a, I don't know if it was in 2017 or 16. I'm not sure what year it was. Uh, but Gordon Ryan came and it was actually a whole camp. It was him, um, all the top guys. But off the top of my head, I can't remember all their, all their names. But my coach even said, he's like, dude, the only person that showed up to every workout, every workout was Gordon Ryan. Yeah, yeah. That guy. He's, like, he's like, he was there. In the, two, they were doing two days. He yeah. was there in the morning. He was there in the afternoon. He did not speak. You he he you you would tell him to do something. He'd look and go, okay. Yeah, his work ethic is oh, unreal. So now here's the thing, though. People uh -huh. are like, oh, I'm gonna train just like Gordon Ryan. It's like, how the fuck do you expect to train at like the top one percent of the echelon the way that he trains? Yeah, it's true. You probably need to be doing something else for you, right? Like yeah. training is specific to for you, the individual. And then when you think about that, like in the grand scheme of things, you know. You're, you still should just be training things that make sense, right? right. Like, it isn't, it, like, you're a guy who's average level jujitsu, and then you're going to go crush yourself at the gym fucking doing bicep curls and hamstring fucking curls and shit like that, like a bodybuilder. Kill yourself with high volume, get back to the gym and just realize, oh, I'm getting fucking mangled because I'm fucking exhausted because you just can't handle the same workload. How do, how do the MMA guys do it? Because right now, the MMA guys have gotten pretty good at... Uh, you know, outside of, they're probably on the sauce, probably some of them, some but of them, yeah. so some of them are on the sauce. Well, outside of that, um, how, how is it that, because you, you see it, you know where, where you see it? You, uh, you know who Mackenzie Dern is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw her when she competed. She she was like almost every woman. She was soft. She, you could tell she was fit, but she was soft. Um, and and the, within six months of her transitioning to MMA, uh, she's not soft no more. She's yeah, gained, yeah. she's gained like a okay, good five. Yeah, she's gained a you know? good five or ten pounds of muscle. And then I heard, you know, we were talking about earlier the fight dietitian guy, and he was telling me that 
or he was saying he was uh chatting with uh, Craig Jones and he was saying he's like the MMA guys at least they follow directions he's like there's enough now athletic trainers there's enough now where it's like they understand they just go okay okay what do you want me to do you want me to lift today okay you want me to do yoga today okay you want me to go to do sauna okay I think it's because more organized that's it that's it's, all it's more organized because in in MMA you have a team and that team kind of dictates what's happening, right? Like you have your dietitian, you have your strength coach, at least in the higher ends. Right. The, 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 right? The, yeah, the big, the like bigger ends. Israel Adesanya, Volkanovski. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Of, of, yeah, when you're actually doing like actual camps. Yeah, camps. like when you're high, you're in, you're in like a 14-week yeah. camp, everything is kind of dictated for you. You got your striking coach. You know when you're going to go to wrestling. Everything is kind of scheduled out. Right, right, right. You right. know, so they're, they're, they're like way more organized versus the average jiu-jitsu athlete knows when he has class. But he's responsible for his own strength and conditioning work, right? He doesn't have anybody to guide him generally. Like the majority of them are training themselves. Yeah, and, that, and and that's that's another thing too. Like I've noticed, like they don't they're in the jiu jitsu. Well, it's because it's the like I said, the sport is still relatively new. It's, it hasn't been around so long, but there's no season. So yeah, there's like it's three sixty five. It's three sixty five a year. So like one of the, one of the, my friends, he's an active competitor, and we're talking about that. I'm like, man, how do you how do you prep? Like it's like you don't. There's no real unless you speak unless you pick like one or two events a year that you're going to do like these are the ones that I do no matter what then you can create your own season but there is no well, actual season well now nah, you can create a camp so so like with some of my with my jujitsu athlete that I work with in particular like Ooh. we ask what events do you have okay at least like 8 weeks out okay right and we schedule them out and we know okay yeah you got jujitsu world league yesterday you got whatever, pans, worlds, whatever, on these days, uh -huh. you're periodizing, right? So now I, it's my job, right, to organize, like, how we're going to train to that event. Right. You know, and that's that's where people miss. Now, like, a lot of the jiu-jitsu, they just compete all the fucking time. Right. And if that's the case, you just got to do less, right? You don't you do not do more strength conditioning, you do less strength conditioning, right? Oh. Because you have too many competitions. You want right, to go right, to the right. competitions relatively recovered. Now you have the other idea of, oh, these competitions don't matter to me as much. Mm. So I don't really care how I feel going into them. So if I win or lose, does I mean, yeah. obviously I want to win, but, but it's just experience. experience. Yeah, of competing okay. and being in that mindset. Okay. But these competitions, I'm really focusing on trying to win. So then you know, okay, taper less here, work harder here. You know, and you figure out all that kind of stuff. So gotcha. I think though that's really probably going to be the more organized route to do it. But again, it goes back to doing less. So the problem with a lot of strength conditioning coaches is they treat the gym like it's the athlete's fucking job, right? Like they're like, oh, you got to come here. You got to fucking lift. We got to make fucking crazy progress on how strong you get. Like you have a 200 pound deadlift. I want you to have like a 270 pound deadlift in like fucking four or five months or whatever the fuck the case might be. And it's like. The volume you're going to put this guy through is going to impact how they train which is the, on the mat. Which is the port, which is what they're training for. <laughs> exactly. So uh, why the fuck would I would I train harder in the gym when it's going to sacrifice my mat time? Because eventually the means aren't going to well, not going to justify. And, and I think th I think that's what happens with a lot of the jujitsu guys. A lot of the jujitsu guys stop lifting. Yeah, they just don't lift because it makes more sense to just do more jujitsu. Yeah, right? because they can't they can't find a happy medium. I've talked to a couple of jujitsu athletes or even wrestlers that are like, yeah, you know, I always felt beat up. My neck always fucking felt mangled. My back was always fucking sore. My knee always fucking hurt. And it was like, oh, what were you doing? I was doing CrossFit or fucking wrestling. Okay, yeah, that'll, that's, that's that'll, just, yeah, just that'll, that'll, that'll fucking do it to you, right? <laughs> or like, like, you know, I know an athlete that was working with somebody who, you know, on a Friday, they're in a field, right? Uh -huh. Running 400 meter repeats. Or doing the stairs of a fucking stadium oh, in the yeah. fucking sun at like two, three o'clock in fucking Florida. Jesus. And then they gotta go practice at night. That's just judo. What? Have you seen a judo practice? Yeah. They're fucking throwing each other. Have like, you ever met a judo brombo? Jesus. <laughs> Christ, they're all banged up. Yeah, they're all fucking beat up. So it's like, how does that make sense? Like you're gonna like if you're the strength and conditioning coach, why would I make you come on a Friday and do that shit in the sun when you're not gonna recover in time to go to your practice at night, right? That oh, it's conditioning work, it's gonna make them bit in better shape. No, let's figure something out. Put it on a different day, right? Or right. just change the conditioning entirely to something that's going to be adequate. Right, right, right. right. And that's that's the I, thing. And, and, you know? and I'm I'm glad. Listen, man, I'm glad that people like you are now getting into the grappling world because because like I said, it was it was Craig Jones said it when he was uh, talking with the, the the fight dietitian guy. He was just saying that because of the fact that jujitsu is predominantly comes from Brazil. You know, you got the the favela guys, bro. You know, the guys that came from Brazil, and in the, and they're basically what we were here in the uh, in the nineties when I was coming up in fitness. It was just all meatheads. It was all like more is better, 
don't be don't be a pussy yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that type of vibe is they they think that two a days is you have to do two a days you're like no 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 you don't yeah no you don't <laughs> yeah you really you really don't less is on, like honestly look i i work with my athletes and you know i test her one rep max on like a deadlift a squat uh whatever the lift may be and they i can show you i can even pull it up on my phone and show you that they've all gotten stronger and we deadlift less we squat less. I probably squat them maybe nine week blocks out of the year, multiple times a year, but nine weeks, nine weeks. We're going to focus on the squat. We're going to take a break from the squat. I'm tired. We're going to deadlift. We're still squatting. We're just not doing like a barbell front squat fucking yeah. 365 days a year. You know why? Cause they're not fucking powerlifting. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It makes no sense. They're not, they're not fucking powerlifters, right? Their job sure. is to go choke somebody, you know, not, not fucking lift as much as they can off the ground. So what's, what's the, it's not worth the risk, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. That's, that's another thing too. I, that's one thing that changed my paradigm just recently. Uh, again, talking to people like you and stuff like that, it's again, they, ha they have this stigma that like the, the squats and deadlift are like the, like the end all be all. It's like, they're like no, they're not like, they're important. They're important, but it's not, it's not going to make or break how good you are at jujitsu. Yeah. No, it's cause not. you can deadlift 400 pounds and still get choked. Yeah. You know, look, the, the, the biggest thing for me is I'm trying to expose my athletes to as many movements as possible to give them the that's, largest that's amount of what's called degrees of freedom, right? So the idea is movements linked to each other, right? So if I'm, let's, let's look at a Turkish ghetto, right? Okay. And let's take away the, the fucking kettlebell for a second. Okay. The elbow roll up, uh -huh. right? To then the low sweep into that half meal and then the split squat to get up. Okay. If you think about every movement that happens in a get up, uh -huh. think about how many times you've been put in side control. Same thing. Immediately, as soon as I said it, you were like, fuck, same thing. Exactly, yeah. right? Elbow roll up, basing, put in my hand, all right? Right, 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 right. And you could stand up on a single, right? right? Like a, a side bend get up, like getting up from here, right? Popping, popping up, right, right, coming right. up on a single. Right. Right? All of those things, like, they do while grabbing somebody. Do it outside of grabbing, and it's weird how they start to correlate. They're like, oh, shit, this is what I do when I grab somebody, because they're not inherently aware that these two things are connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're not understanding their own movement. They're just... They're, 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 they're doing jujitsu. They're doing jujitsu, yeah, right? yeah. And then you realize, oh, all this shit can happen without me having to strangle somebody. And then there's this connect the dots moment that takes a little bit where they're like, coño, on my back, this, this perception of this idea of these points of support and how my body moves, yo, this is what happens to me on the mat. And I'm not saying that's going to inherently make them better at jujitsu because that's the biggest, the biggest misconception in strength conditioning is I make you better at your sport. No, you make yourself better at your sport by doing your sport. What I do is improve performance variables. I can make you jump higher. I can make you stronger. Ooh. I can potentially make you run faster. But if you played football, I can make you catch a ball better. That's you. That's you. That's your right? skill. Yeah, that's 100%. Yeah. And yeah. that's evident like in, in any sport. Like I don't make you better at your sport i make the variables that could potentially make you better at your sport i can improve them but i can't make you a fucking winner like if you're a jujitsu guy who always gets caught by a fucking head and arm choke that's on you and i make you better at fucking deadlifting i you started with me you're deadlifting 200 pounds by the time you're done with me you're doing 315 guess what you're still getting head and arm choke what's the problem that deadlift no right your awareness of the fucking head and arm choke so that's the that's the big like lie in strength and conditioning oh i'm gonna fucking make you better at your sport no 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 you're gonna make them potentially better athletes. Yeah, right? I, yeah, and I, I, I actually look at it. And it's not even. I look at it as more like you make them a better human, and by making them a better human, if they have any type of ability for their sport, their ability will be then affected in a positive nature. Yeah, that's the way. I, that's the way I look at it because I've noticed now, like, with uh, training enough people myself, and then the me now being doing jujitsu for a while i'm noticing is it's the repetitive pattern in one direction because any sport you're going in one direction whether you're playing tennis except combat sports except combat sports to some extent yeah, a lot of right, a lot, yeah right but yeah or left dominant. right but what i'm talking about is grappling grappling is a little bit more more just a lot of flex everything's flexed spinal flexion shoulder flexion uh internal rotation uh, everything's everything's in because that's how you protect yourself where it's like, yeah, that's great to protect yourself, but you don't walk like that. You don't get out of a car like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you you know what I'm saying, and, and that's where you get with the old school you, black you just, sort of like that. You just brought up a really interesting point that I didn't think of that idea of like that internal torque, right? Like I'm just like fucking constantly here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And that's why they get these kind of ideas. Uh -huh. But what I'm saying is, 
fighting is such a natural thing that we've done for fucking eons since we've evolved as fucking human beings. Right. We never fucking hunted an animal playing tennis. Is That's what true. I'm getting at, right? <laughs> like tennis is not a natural. That's a good way of thinking movement. about it. Yeah. Neither is basketball, right? Which is why they have so many asymmetrical injuries, right? Like these all overuse injuries. So you don't inherently get an overuse injury unless you're grabbing the gi. You know, you might get some joint injuries and shit like that. But the injuries you get from jujitsu are you they're didn't acute. tap quick enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're acute and they kind of just fucking add up. Like right now, my fucking neck is miserable because I got fucking darsed uh, yesterday. No, two days ago, I got darsed like fucking six times. Right. You know, so fucking getting the neck cranked, I'm a little sore. Right, 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 you right. Know? But the idea of grappling is a very natural kind of I never movement, even. Right? It's something we're designed true. to fucking do. Like our body is designed to do that shit. Uh, we're designed to basically fight each other. To uh, it sounds crazy, but it's yeah, kind of true. Fun or whether to protect food, for, but protect I mean, food or, or 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 kill thy neighbor or or kill the guy so you can bang a chick. You know, like that's that's the whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> so you can bang his chick. So, that's, so you bang his chick. I like yeah, that. That's, that's the, that. You got to read the that, words. Hey, yeah, that's the whole thing. But like when you think about the other stuff, football, basketball, no, we're able to do that because our brain grew fast enough. That you have a fridge that's full of food. You don't have to go out and hunt anybody, right? So we live this very nice life with air conditioning, and we play football to play football. We can do it because we want to. There's no fucking gorilla out on the wild playing basketball. A gorilla fucking eats, it fights, and it fucks. That's it. And that's what we did millions of years ago, right? So jujitsu is just an evolution, it, bro. Right? EFF, baby. Dude, one of the some fucks. Look, the uh, uh, a preponderance of evidence. Like, if you look at any grappling art, that's like a, a very thorough grappling or any striking art. Right. Muay Thai, boxing, left way, kickboxing, karate, whatever. What do they all have? A jab. They all have a straight cross. Right. A variation of it. Yeah, some variation of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Fucking Thai Thai boxing is in that fucking area of Thailand, Burma, all right. those countries. Boxing, Europe and the United States. Those two places never really got together. They, yeah, they just. So somebody in fucking, you know, like a European country was like, damn, this is a great tool to use. Right. And some other fucking cocksucker in Thailand who never met the guy in Europe was like, damn, this is a fucking great tool to use. Think about how perfect those movements are. That people in different parts of the world at different times all came to the same conclusion without ever meeting each other. Well, I never really thought about it. That's, that's actually very, very true. And, yeah. and the same thing in grappling. You got a double leg in judo. You got a double leg in wrestling, right? Yeah. You got a hip toss in, in wrestling. You got a hip toss in judo. You got a single leg. You got all these movements that are pretty much the same fucking thing. Even like control positions and pins are the same and people that have never met. Now, when you look at historically, yes, Japanese, yeah, no, no, you know, no. they stabbed around. They went to Brazil. They taught all these things, but you still had like Luta Libre and shit like that that was doing it probably without ever encountering any right in other words the basic framework has is, is been there and and you know until only within the last like 50 years people didn't talk each other the way they talk each other now yeah so how did they come to that yeah it's, it's basically been just built into who yeah, we are it's exactly it's ingrained in our fucking DNA yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And, and and it's it's my argument for the for the gym at all the time and I'm not telling people not to go to the gym I think it's important that you go to the gym but it's it's that you don't see anything other than a human being at the gym when the fuck do you see a chimpanzee and a chimp will grab you. By, have you seen the video of the guy like in the cage and he walks up to the chimp and it fucking grabs him, like collar grabs him and brings him up and the guy's trying to like break the grip and he can't and then it grabs him by his ankle with like his foot and then grabs him again and just pull him in and the chimp is like fucking like 10 times stronger than we are. Yeah. This guy's got to have a miserable fucking time and it's like, the chimp doesn't go to the gym. He doesn't go to the gym. He just he hangs out. He just hangs out on a tree. And he lifts more than both of us. And he deadlifts more than both of us, you know? And it's just like, that shit. And and honestly, the first time I heard that was an interview with, they did an interview with Erwin LaCour. And they asked him, oh, he did something for like uh, men's health. It was like the workout that the world forgot. And it's like this guy just running outside, lifting fucking rocks, swinging through trees, like shit like that. And some guy's like, like you know, why? Why? And he goes, have you ever seen an out-of-shape eagle? Or an out-of-shape fish? Or an out-of-shape lion? Or an out-of-shape monkey? In a zoo? But not out in the wild, right? They're never fucking out of shape. Why? Because they do what they're designed to do. Which, what yeah. are we designed to do? We're designed to live shit. We're designed to fight. We're designed to work together. We're designed to just do that. Mm. And doing that, and that's what goes back to what I said earlier. Just doing that alone will make you stronger. Will make you more agile. Will make you, you know, put on size, whatever the goal is. Because that is a result of you practicing how you were designed to fucking move. Versus the other way around. I'm going to go to the gym and focus on strength. 
Yeah, it makes no sense. It's like, it makes sense, but you've limited yourself to this one idea. Versus if you just did everything, you can reap all the benefits. Yeah, it, it, it goes back to what, what I was saying earlier, that this guy that was uh, uh, GSP's coach was talking about the believing in like not ever really being sore. Like you need to do movement so consistently and so often that it's just it's just what you do. It's not it's not like oh I'm trying to do like my max. It's like why? Like it's it's it doesn't make any sense. And and the bet the the example he gave, which was phenomenal, which was like you you go and let, let's say you go and bench, I don't know once a week, but you're max lifting. Let's say you're max lifting and you're doing like sets of like five sets of like three. Just, yeah. And this is the same thing that he goes, by the end of the week, you you did 15 reps. I'm going to do, I'm not going to do 80, 90% of my max. I'm going like to do 60%. I'm going to do 50%. Yeah, 55, yeah. 60%. But I'm going to do 10 sets of 10 every day. Yeah. At the end of the month, or at the end of the week, I've done, uh, how, how do you call it, 700 uh, reps. You've mm-hmm. done 15. Who do you think is going to be stronger in the long run? Over time, it's just a, it's just a volume. Yeah, no, yeah. There's like if you look at like the NSCA, um, like when I was studying all this stuff in school, and if you look at like the CSCS manual, right? They got like this fucking graph that is a, it's like a line of different numbers, one to twenty. Okay. And then each part of the graph is like color coded, like a little yellow here, a lot of yellow here. It's got blue in the background, a little red in the beginning, and each one's highlighted. It says hypertrophy range strength range endurance range right oh, you're right. probably aware yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah, I've seen that this. shit's a myth too because when you look at the graph in its entirety it it's all they all overlap yeah. right hypertrophy and power overlap strength and hypertrophy overlap endurance overlaps all of them right and and then you go oh but it's the intensity at which you work at what you start to realize is my one rep max is my ability to express my strength that one time that one day because of how i felt if i slept really fucking good I felt really fucking strong. I could probably lift more than if I tried that the exact same way. I just didn't sleep as good. Probably lift a little less. Am I capable of lifting more? Yeah. I just, not everything was in line, right? So maximal strength, it's important to do because you need to be able to express that. You need to be able to do that. And again, it's perceived safety, right? It's teaching your body that I can lift 400 pounds without breaking, Mm. right? But then you have the extremes. What's the rate of return on that? If I did 400 pounds all the fucking time, Think about all those muscles that have to work, all those muscles that have to become overactive. You know that that saying of tone and relax? Mm-hmm. Like, you know how you can grab somebody and like, you grab somebody, they feel fucking just like, like if they popped a Viagra, they just feel fucking like, right? Like vasodilated to the tits. And you're like, dude, why are you so stressed? Right? They just feel stressed. You know, like you grab me, you're like, damn, you're a strong motherfucker, but you're just like- Constant stress. All the fucking time. Just like this- Fucking yeah, like, yeah, just a big ball of tension. And it's nervous system, right? It's like this overactive fucking nervous system that, yeah. but what does that restrict? Your ability to move fluidly in different places. You're really fucking explosive, but you're, you're fucking tense. So different positions are going to be weird. And then you got the opposite people that feel like supple and soft. And you're like, this guy ain't shit. And then he fucking grabs you and you're like, oh, fuck, it's a grown man. He's very strong. Why? Yeah. Right? And that guy's just a little bit more relaxed. Maybe not, doesn't have the ability to express the strength as the other guy does inherently one time right but he can move better and he's stronger all the time yeah i get what you're saying okay mm-hmm. yeah 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 wow i never really thought that's true how do you how do you deal with diet though with those guys i don't take care of the nutrition component at all right zero i, I i'll give them some recommendations but that's not my job okay i'm a firm believer that everybody's got a job to do so if somebody asks me about diet i refer them to a dietitian I'm like, I'm not here to tell you how to cut weight. There's somebody who went to school and does that job way yeah, better than I do. Knows how to do it. So just go to that person. Yeah, I'm kind of right? along the same lines, man. When people ask me about diet, I try. I tell, yeah, I tell okay. them I can, I can teach you the basics, but yeah. you got to make those decisions yeah. for yourself. The end or, the day, and, or, and or go see somebody that is specialized. That's what they do, right? Like, yeah. I don't expect the, the guy who studied only nutrition to tell you how to exercise. Well, you shouldn't, you, exactly. You yeah. shouldn't expect me, who all I studied was movement, exercise, and physiology, I tell you how to eat, bro. There's somebody who who does that job and has experience and will take care of you. And that's that's what I try and do. I form a team around my athletes. Hey, is the dietitian that's who I'm gonna work with? Or they come to me. Hey, I hurt my shoulder. 
I'm not a fucking physical therapist, bro. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll give you some exercises and I'll work alongside a physical therapist, but I'm not here to massage your shoulder. Like, that's not right, my right, job. Right. You're, not, so, you're not there to do therapy. You're there to compliment yeah. the therapist. So I have a PT. So when I have a PT, so one of my athletes, I started working with him the day after he tore his LCO, right? He okay. tore his LCO grappling. Fucking literally, he walked up to me and he said, hey, I got to talk to you today. And I said, yeah, man, let's talk. He went to go grapple. Bam. You heard that shit pop in the gym. Everybody running up. And I was like, fuck. You know, talk to him. And he's like, dude, I was literally going to ask you to start training me. And I just fucking told him. I said, oh, don't worry about it. I know a PT. Put him in touch with the PT. The PT examined him. Grade one. Hey, let's do some BFR. Let's take him through these protocols. Brian, I trust you to do the exercises. These are my recommendations. Keep me posted. So he went to the PT for the manual work. He went and saw me. I gave him the exercises. Four or five weeks. Back to, back to normal. Back, fought, and won. Oh, shit. Wow. Good for him. With a flying knee. <laughs> one with a fly knee so it's like you know like you can't that's amazing man. everybody has a fucking job like that's not I'm not here to wear a bunch of hats bro I'm here to do my job really really fucking well and that, that's good that you guys have that the, the the that place that you guys have those resources for a lot of the for a lot of people because most places don't man like even even uh, like you said you worked at Equinox I work at Equinox and you know I train people there but and we're all good trainers all of us know what we're doing but that that's the part that we don't that we don't have it's like why is it that we don't have a resource for a physical therapist or, or a resource for a, like a registered dietitian? It's like we should. It's like we're, yeah. we're charging the clientele like an arm and a leg to yeah, yeah. train with us. They should have access but, to some yeah. kind of, like, like that so, component finishes it off. Yeah, exactly. In other words, because everyone, everyone, it's life. Everyone, even people that are not athletes are going to like, oh, I, I twisted my ankle or I was horseback riding. I went skiing or something like that that I basically blew out my knee. You know, and then it's like, all right, cool. It's like, all right, well, go figure it out. Yeah. You know, sorry. Sorry to hear that. I hope yeah. you have insurance. Give you some stuff that I hope you have. I mean, at the end of the day, like when you look at all that stuff, you're you're touching on like the wellness side aspect of it, right? Like, right. Like where it's like nutrition's 80% of it, movement's 20% of it, mindset's 100% of it. Ooh. Right? Like mindset makes the totality Ooh. because it's a lot of the nutrition aspect is the psychology behind how they eat, right? Like it's all behavior kind of based stuff, Ooh. which is like a different topic entirely. And then the other half of it is education, right? Like, like the out of shape vegan. Out of shape, what is the it? out of shape vegan? Like somebody who's like, oh, I'm vegan, and they automatically think they're healthy. And when you show up to their place, all they eat is processed food, right? They don't eat anything like like their meal isn't like if you're vegan, their meal isn't fucking kale with beans and 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 mushrooms. Like it's not like like right. those wellness bowls. It's like, uh -huh. yo, what are you eating today? I got this fucking vegan cupcake and some Oreos <laughs> and some almond milk, and it's like. <laughs> okay right it's a, it's, a, it's an education problem at that standpoint right they just right. eat poorly because they think oh i follow this specific idea i'm eating healthy no no, no it's just retarded you know, like, yeah 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 there's a, it's like you said it's they're they're it goes back to the wellness thing it's like they're 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 trying to cheat the system instead of realizing that you got to have all the right like people in order for them to, for you to have the greatest success yeah and that's where, again, I go back to where the jujitsu sport is like not nearly as organized as MMA. MMA is a little bit more organized to where, again, you, you, I would say, well, only a small percentage of the guys lift weights. They don't really lift anything heavy. Only a small percentage of them do like mobility work, except for like the high level guys. Even the high level guys, they're, they're limber or flexible or mobile or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes they're stiff as fuck. They're still monsters. Right. But most of them, it's because they, they learned that movement when they were kids. So in other words, like, the, I see the difference. I don't know if you've noticed it, but I see it because I've seen some of the, the high-level jiu-jitsu guys that are, like, you know, in their early 20s, 20, 21, like, 19. But they started when they were 12. Dude, they do stuff that's like, yo, like, come on, man. Like, there's, uh, I train with uh, this guy, Tractor, uh, Vinicius, uh, whatever. All right, guys, 240. But the guy does the splits, like, and and I'm talking like splits, not like oh I'm flexible. No, like I'm limber. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. I have control over my my. It's literal mobility, perceived safety, perceived safety. Yeah, strong. strong. But like it throws you off because it's like how are you this big? And I even asked him, I'm like, yo, did you do it? He's like, he's like, no, I just I've been doing jujitsu. Yeah, I've been doing exactly. Now grab grab the opposite. Grab a 28 year old guy uh -huh. who just starts jujitsu. All limited. Super limited, but somehow he's able to invert because there's a difference between active range of motion and passive range of motion, right? Right. I can take myself somewhere comfortably. 
Right. It's different when somebody's fucking smashing me into that position. Mm. So a lot of it becomes like this mass, like skill thing. Like, oh, I can eat this position. I can't be there. Right. So you get some dudes that are like, they just started jujitsu and they can be in a position like while they do jujitsu, take them out of doing jujitsu and put them in the position. They can't be there. And you're like, well, how the fuck? Well, it's because they had a 200 pound man on top of them, crushing them into mm. that position. And that's why they're always like, dude, my fucking back is lit up. Yeah. My fucking neck hurts. My shoulder hurts. Well, I had that problem because I was very, uh, I didn't have any type of flexibility. And then I went yoga heavy. So I got super flexible. And then when I got super flexible, what ended up happening was, is that I was able to learn, like my leg would go almost behind my head. The problem with that is exactly what you just said. I weigh 200 pounds. So most of the guys that I train with are between like 180 and like 230. When, so, when a 200-pound guy st stacks you, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And so what was happening was my leg was able to do it, but the yeah. force had to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> force had to go somewhere. And so all of a sudden, I'm like... Lumbar locked, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Lumbar locked. Exactly. So in my mind, I was like, yo, why is my back bothering me? And it was just, I had to, I had to cut yoga out for a little while. And then I toned it back tremendously. Then I started working on mobility, which is active range of motion. So I'm like, okay, this is better. So I'm not nearly as limber. Not nearly as but flexible. You get there without taking a fucking punishment. Without taking punishment. Because then all of a sudden, I, again, it was like I was after I'd done heavy training. I get up and I'm like, oh my God, I can't fucking move. No, dude, there's nothing like... like it's the worst. Like me, like I'm only 135 pounds. There's nobody in my gym 135 pounds. So I only grapple 155, 160, 200, 180, one whatever. Everybody always me by like 30 pounds. Right, right. Everybody's bigger than me. So I come out feeling like a sandwich being made at Subway. And somebody would just like run that shit through the garden. You know, like fucking put everything on it, fucking toast that shit, come out, and you're fucking flat and destroyed. Right? So that's and and I'm pretty mobile. Like I can move really, really well on the floor, but you know, I have my issues. You know, I've been right. in a car accident, so my back's already kind of banged up. So you feel like fucking issues here and there, and it just comes down to like, you know, you just gotta learn to maybe sometimes avoid positions or listen to your body. Maybe not train that fucking day, right? If you're really fucking banged up, maybe you gotta or just drill. Not 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 train completely, yeah, but go yeah. drill a little bit that's, and then avoid that, that's, uh, that's, of rolling. Yeah, that's another yeah, that that's another thing too that a the lot addiction. of the comp the combat sports guys is the addiction. The addiction of um the high that you get from training. It's like sometimes they don't want to listen to the body, especially when they're younger too. You know, and it's I remember when I was twenty one, man. It's like your ego, your your I wouldn't say ego, it is ego, but like it's your testosterone, man. You just you want to smash. You just you're like you want to get punched in the face. I remember when I was doing a lot of striking. There's like a a point where you almost get like like a I wouldn't say aroused, but like excited when someone punches you in the face because you just go they punch you in the face and you go that's it that that's it that's and then you're like oh I I could eat this punch I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna crush this guy's face. And so, and, and, and that's the, the mindset that a lot of the grapplers have. But then what ends up happening is that they overdo it. And you get banged up. And then you get banged up and then you get hurt and then you get injured. And that's where, like now that I've been doing jujitsu long enough now, not that the actual rolling is important, but it's not nearly as important as it used to be. Because it goes back to what you said at the very beginning. It's skill set. And so like now I would say, I train right now between four and six days a week. I would say it's only one day, one day where I do like hard rolls. Just hard rolls. Yeah. The other four to five days, it's I'm doing drilling, I'm taking class. And if if I do situational, it's specific situation where I'm doing a max of two minutes and I'm picking the person who I'm going with. Yeah, you have to have good partners, right? Yeah. It comes down to I, I remember my coach telling me you always have to have three partners. You have to have one that you can just crush. Right. Like do whatever you want. You have to have one that you're kind of even with. Right. And then you have to have one that kills you. Right? You have to have one guy that just fucking manhandles you because that's how you learn, right? That's you learn you, to yeah. fucking get out. So for me, I I feel like on on from my own perspective, I feel like I always learn more from like flow rolling. And I mean like actual flow rolling, not the guy at the gym who's like, yo, you want to fall? Yeah, yeah, the actual flow yeah, yeah. Like actual, like you're just gliding and moving into positions, catch and release, right? Like you catch a sub, you let it go, you just keep going. Right. And you keep moving and, and you Q&A at the end, right? Like you finish it and then you go back and you think, oh shit, that moment where you caught me in that fucking heel hook, like, Yo, what could we have done? And just like approaching it more from like a, uh, a, a cerebral kind of standpoint yeah. versus just like roll like savages and then not question what the fuck just happened. Right? That's that's definitely, that's funny that you say that. There's a guy, he's a black belt now. I used to train with up in New York and he tore out a page of his journal 
And one of the things that he put on his, in his journal was that, that every time that he trained, at the end of his uh, day of training, he would write three things he did bad, three things he did good. And then the three things that he did bad, he would go immediately and ask uh, a black belt or one of the older guys or one of the, one of the professors like, hey, man, I got caught, X, Y, Z, whatever. Can you troubleshoot it with me? And he goes, and dude, that, the, and, and I started implementing that. We're like, now I kind of, like, I do cerebral, like, I walk through, like, what did I do? Too good? Oh, I was, my top game was pretty good today. Kind of, I was, I was like, oh, my butterflies are pretty good. Ooh, that shoulder crush I did was actually pretty solid. Well, this guy snaps my neck like I, I, <laughs> I fucked up there. And then I said, so, yeah, then I started to get to how? How did I fuck up? Did I turn into him? Was he, was he just beating me to the chase? I started running the movie in my mind. So it's like I'm fighting, but in my mind, going through the fight like in slow-mo, play-by-play action kind of type of thing. And I feel like my jujitsu exponentially grew oh, by yeah. just, just, just sitting down and thinking like, what did I do good? What did I do bad? And how can I avoid it in the future? Or how can I amplify the good? Because you're practicing learning. I was just listening to the Segundo podcast with okay. uh, like Craig Jones and, and they had Josh Barnett on there. Okay. And Josh Barnett asked Craig like, oh, what is it like having cameras running 24-7 in the gym? Because, you know, they have like the YouTube channel and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Craig says, in the first three months, it was a little weird because nobody wanted to get caught. But now nobody gives a fuck, right? Everybody rolls free and you do it. And, and Craig made a comment of something like, I, don't quote me, but he said something like, I watch, now I can watch all my rolls. And because I can watch all my rules, I can see what I'm doing well and what works and what Ooh. doesn't work well. So now he's, you know, that brain is constantly just like, oh shit, this is the position that I can work, right? And that's what we were both on, off camera, we were talking about it. Like jujitsu now is way different than it was like 40, 50 years ago because how much you can see, how much you can learn and the invention of the internet is fucking crazy. Like well, I can learn from Craig Jones for my living. What 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 changed the game was uh 2020 man the BJJ fanatics went from like kind of a DVD company to like a DVD company yeah yeah video streams video yeah yeah you have Jujitsu X from uh Legion like yeah but it was like just a beautiful yeah but like the the 2020 that's one thing that I must admit that came out positive from 2020 was that the Jujitsu people were like yo now it's time to make money online and they came out with. Dude, every single black belt like on the planet came out with like Dude, a tutorial. Dude, and practice from your living room. Some friends of yours that do jujitsu. Well, yeah, that's my place. That's no, I have drilling partners. It literally, I have my drilling partner. He clips the tutorial like into little pieces, puts it up on Google Drive, and I just when I'm traveling or whatever, I have it playing in the background. So I may not be paying attention, but I'm paying attention. Yeah. So I just have it like little ten second here, twenty second here, and then at the end of the week, we just drill it. So I have it playing throughout the week where it's just running over and over and over and over again in my brain. And then I actually practice it at the end of the week. But that didn't exist th three years ago. That didn't yeah, exist. It would have been impossible. It would have been impossible. It changes the whole game for like, like what we were saying earlier. Like if someone's been doing jujitsu since they're four <laughs> and now they're like 16 years old, they're manhandling grown ass men. Yeah. Like, like if they had really good instruction, they had good coaching. It's like a competition 16 year old guy who's like high level. He's mangling people who just started doing jujitsu who are like 28 years old, who are grown ass men, and they have a sizable strength difference. They still get manhandled, you know, by a 16 year old kid because the kid just knows, you know, more. Yeah. Well, bro, that was a really fucking interesting conversation, man. I, I hope it was. <laughs> I know I can ramble and talk. Yeah, about no, it was good, man. We should we should do this again, man. We'll come back. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Um, Next week, I'm going to have some different... I'm going to probably start kind of doing this a little bit more frequently and maybe kind of help me, like, if we bring in, like, bigger guests and stuff like that, that'd be kind of cool because the idea is to have, like, different, like, people that are on the same wavelength. I, I, I honestly didn't know that you did jiu-jitsu, bro, until you told yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, until we talked today, right? Until before, we talked yeah. today. I, I thought you were just a, an exercise guy. Dude, look at me. I look like I don't even exercise. People look at me and they're like, dude, this guy's so fucking little. And then you see me do shit, they're like, oh. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, oh, yeah, he could actually deadlift. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, he can struggle people. I do like a fucking pull-up with like a 70-pound kettlebell. I do a couple, like, three, two and a half. But with a 70-pound kettlebell, it makes me like 205. Yeah. Right? <laughs> And even people hooking me, I literally one day was at the fucking gym, like lifting, and like a, a member of the fucking gym looks at me and they go, oh shit, did you just lift that? And I turned around, I looked at her, I said, yeah. She goes, you lift weights? And I'm like, damn, that's fucked up. I was like, that's fucked up, you know? I just, I guess I don't need enough. Yeah, man. But thanks for having me on, bro. I really yeah, appreciated this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Nice conversation. It was, man. It was good. Uh, so tell everybody how they find you, man. Like, what's the what's the path? Um, the easiest way to find me, you can go on Instagram, Brian B the EP. There's a link there if you're interested in training. There's a link tree you can click there. You can send an email. 
info at exercisefit.com and uh, we can try and get you in. Uh, you can send me a message there. That's probably the easiest way to find me is through there. And uh, or just come to Elite Athletes Performance in person. I'm there every day, essentially, Monday through Saturday. So cool, brother. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you. All right, guys. Uh thanks for tuning in. Uh give us feedbacks, comment, uh, anything like that. You know, you know what to do. I mean, all of us have like now owned this social media space. So if you can share this with anybody that you think that might be beneficial. Uh, and if you are anybody here in Miami that is wanting to come and chat with me, let me know, man. If the, if you know that you can kind of build value to the wellness for jujitsu brand or the life is higher brand, anything with combat sports or exercise science, anything like that, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm here to share the love for everybody. This is, we're all grow together guys. So my goal here is to kind of bring you as much valuable content as possible. Uh, so that you can get better at jujitsu and get better at your combat sports, man. Let's 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 all grow together, and you know, hopefully, I see you one day on the mat, and I can strangle you. <laughs> all right, guys, thanks for tuning in. <laughs>